Greetings, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Encouraging Words, the Rocky River United Methodist uh, podcast that we bring to you each and every week. Stephen Young is here with me, our Director of Youth Ministries. My name is Paul Bennett. I'm the Associate Pastor, blessed to serve the fine folks of uh, this church and surrounding communities as uh, we continue to navigate our way uh, through a pandemic that initially spurred the creation of this uh, podcast and and now we're emerging on the other side and uh, Stephen and I are having so much fun we're you know we don't have plans. lots of fun lots of lots of fun <laughs> I I kind of uh, led the question there or there's a term that attorneys use what is it that you kind of lead the witness I I am having lots of fun I don't want to speak for Stephen but he seems to have fun uh, doing this right Stephen right I don't know anything about the attorney question but I know a good lawyer. No. Are you implying that one of us is going to need a good lawyer coming up here soon? We're, we're already derailed entirely. We're only a minute into this. Um, but uh, welcome back, friends. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, we hope that you're continuing to enjoy all of our different uh, journeys and, and experiences as we dig into different topics together. And one of the, the running uh, themes and experiences that we've shared throughout our uh, our time as uh, podcast partners has uh, been our interviews of folks from the Rocky River United Methodist Church community, and we've uh, brought a number of those to you. And the, the intention behind each of those uh, has been um, uh, uh, multifaceted. One is that you would have an opportunity to get to know uh, the story of, of a leader in your midst, somebody from our church community who is uh, instrumental in, in one or more of our ministries and is uh, is uh, doing some incredible ministry and, and work in your midst and um, often the other the other purpose is to, to make sure that uh, we bring uh, individuals to you who maybe aren't aren't up there every single Sunday morning uh, like Reverend Dan and myself you know drone on and on and on and you you wonder isn't there somebody else we could hear from other than these two goons and and so um, the other purpose is to, to really help you connect with uh, some individuals who are incredibly gifted, doing some great work in our church, um, but uh, maybe you don't know their story. Maybe you, you hardly know more than a name and a face. And so we continue the interview uh, experiences this week as uh, we come to you, Stephen and I, uh, getting ready ready to interview the, the uh, lovely and gifted Lynn Gordon. Uh, Lynn is with us today. And by means of an introduction, um, you know, I, I could try to, to be thorough and, and we would run out of time. We wouldn't have time to talk to her because she's uh, so active and, and instrumental in the ministries of this church. But I'll share with you some, some of the uh, high points and, and some of the highlights of what she does around here. For one, uh, she is the worship director out at our Twice Blessed Free store. Uh, graciously took on that role uh, quite a, a while ago. Has been at it for multiple years, I believe now. And and uh, is so much more than just a worship director. It, it is her passion and, and her calling to uh, build relationships with and, and minister to uh, the fine folks that uh, come and, and frequent our free store. And uh, so partnering with Lisa Thomas, uh, she's out there 
there every single week that we've been open, uh, even in the midst of the, the pandemic when our numbers were down, just uh, connecting with folks and, and engaging them, getting to know their stories and uh, drawing them closer in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes that has looked like uh, leading a, a more formal worship service. Sometimes it's been devotional time. Sometimes it's it's just been building relationships. Uh, but she's been our twice-blessed uh, worship director for some time now, and I'm uh, describing all the stuff I should be letting her describe when we actually let her talk. So uh, twice-blessed free store worship director. She is the leader of our, our lift. Uh, uh, ladies group, Ladies in Faith Together, um, one of the, the most dynamic uh, discipleship groups in our church and um, somebody who I, I'm always excited when we have new folks and new ladies who come to the church and are looking for a place to plug in. I can't wait to connect them with Lynn because I know that she will come alongside them and nurture them into a relationship with other uh, ladies of the church and the church itself. Uh, so she is the leader of, of that ministry group as well as uh, being an official lay minister through the East Ohio Conference of the United Methodist Church. And I'll let her describe exactly what that process looked like and what that what that means to her. What it means to us here at Rocky River UMC is that uh, not only is she gifted, but she's also uh, been through a formal training process where she did a, a great deal of, of uh, work and, and had yeah. some incredible experiences to equip herself for ministry. And uh, she serves in that capacity in, in uh, various different ways around the church, and, and one of those being uh, occasionally helping to lead worship on Sunday mornings, which may be the, the place where you've seen her um, most often, but uh, good to know all the other things she's doing behind the scenes. So uh, I've said enough. We want to hear from her. So Lynn is here with us uh, this morning. Good morning, Lynn. Hello, Paul. Hello, Stephen. Welcome. Welcome to the Encouraging Word. And uh, we have a, a pre-planned set of questions. And if we go off script this morning, that's totally cool because the Spirit sometimes leads. Uh, spirit always leads, but, you know, I only recognize it on occasion. So that's on me. But we want the Spirit to lead. So if we go off script, all good. But we'll start with our, our uh, pre-planned questions here. And the first is to really get uh, give Lynn an opportunity to share with you uh, what this past uh, year plus has looked like in the, the pandemic. As all of us have seen our lives uh, flipped upside down uh, from our, our workplace environments uh, to our, our family lives and, and everything in between. So uh, Lynn, as, as means of uh, introduction and, and kind of uh, helping you get settled in here, can you share with us what the pandemic has looked like from your perspective? Sure, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about both the positive and the negative. The positive has been that I got to be even a more nature lover. I am a huge photographer. I like to go down into the metro parks. I love nature, just about anything. I like it in the winter. I like it in the fall, spring, summer. And during this time, I was able to walk every week many miles, many, many miles, sometimes six or seven or eight miles on a regular basis and just really enjoy nature. Um, that was a huge blessing because my work looked different, like all of our works looked different. The other side, I would say it was quite a challenge when you work in a hospital setting to see what coronavirus did and or could do and how we had to relate so differently to our patients. I wasn't a fan of not being able to sit and hold patients' hands and talk with them one-on-one -on -one and not be six feet apart. Many of our patients really like being hugged and touched and talked to, so that was quite a challenge, I think. 
Yeah, I can imagine like that <coughs> certainly being a huge challenge, um, being in the in the field of in the hospitals and taking care of people during that challenge. And also, I think what you said to you, I'm also a big nature lover and probably even more so after the pandemic. And I also love to take pictures as well. So um, we have some connection there. I always love watching at, or looking at your photography right. on I'm, Facebook. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so also, we want to hear a little bit more about yourself. We know that Paul kind of went on and described everything about you before you were able to speak, but <laughs> You're welcome. We'll, we'll look past that. So uh, just tell us a little about yourself, your, your background, and kind of like kind of your upbringing growing up, and a little bit about your family and, and your job, and so just so people can get to understand you a little bit better. So I was raised in a big Irish Catholic family. I'm the youngest of eight children. And both of my parents had at least seven children in their family. My dad had nine. So we always had lots of people always around. My mom was the type of person that, oh, you don't have a place to stay? Come on over to our house. Oh, you don't have enough food to eat? Let's have dinner together. So that was a big thing. Um, as far as my background, we just we just were this huge family that loved everybody. We loved we love practical jokes. Um, we are huge into our faith. I was raised Catholic, but then became Baptist for a while, and then I became Methodist. So I had quite a bit. Um, we always went to church every Sunday, prayed before every meal, and, and God was ever-present in our home for absolute sure. Mm -hmm. My job. Uh, can I go on to that? Or? Please. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I work at St. John Medical Center, University Hospitals, and I am a respiratory care practitioner by trade. I work with cardiac and pulmonary rehab. So anybody that's had any type of heart issue from just as simple as chest pain, cardiac stent, all the way to heart transplantation. The same with lung disease, any type of shortness of breath or COPD. Um, lung ailments, lung cancer, and lung transplant. I run a support group for people, two support groups, but one is for people that have a really serious breathing disorders, and I just have them come in and talk and visit with each other and recognize breathing retraining. I'm huge into breathing retraining because breathing is all about how we are on our, what our basis is founded on. If we breathe fast, we're whacked out no matter when we get panicked or if we can calm our breathing it just totally changes our demeanors we know how we talk to each other when we're revved up we get our breathing really out of control and finally I do um, uh, a support group for lung transplants and that has been unbelievably spectacular to watch these people who have gone from basically their deathbed into spectacular lives where um, they're able to have a wonderful, wonderful life now. And they do trade, they trade a whole bunch of bad things for good things, but they're taking a lot of medication, but they have a wonderful look at life. So that's really a powerful part of my job. Wow, it's, it's always fascinating to hear how uh, people's personal gifts and skill sets converge with their faith, and, and that's uh, abundantly evident in your story and in the ways that you commit your time uh, and, and 
uh, support group and the ways that you bring that relationship building and that nurturing and ministry to people uh, into your work setting and and, uh, continue that here in a church setting, uh, working with the ladies here at the church. And um, just uh, definitely reminds me of, of the importance of finding that sweet spot in our lives where we can be blessed by all the gifts that God has given us, but find ways to apply them uh, to serving others and impacting others for Christ um, in both a, a personal and work setting. And sometimes those lines get so blurred, you know, that, that we right. just feel like we're we're serving God everywhere. It doesn't really matter what, what we're wearing at the time or where we're right. at, uh, who's around us. So uh, beautiful to see that that's on full display in your life. And um, and Lynn and I have spent a lot of time uh, with each other, know each other quite well, but it's fun to learn some new things. I didn't know you were a, uh, a methabaptolic. <laughs> have you heard that term before? No, and, I yeah. have never heard of that. I, I'm not sure if I made it up just now or somebody else uh, <laughs> probably made it. But uh, I'm glad that you settled on the at least uh, pursuing the Methodist uh, sphere of influence there because that means you're, you're with us and we're so blessed uh, by that fact. But uh, with that, with that in mind, um, the other thing I haven't—I don't think I've ever uh, heard from you, Lynn—is is your faith story, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm rather excited to sit back and just be a, a listener here for a moment uh, to hear uh, you. You shared that you were raised in an Irish Catholic family, mm-hmm. um, but when it comes to your personal faith in Jesus Christ, uh, maybe you can share uh, what what it looked like to um, develop the active faith life and and what uh, different experiences stages in your life uh, how did how did that develop uh, over time or was it uh, you know just a an immediate um, heart strangely warmed John Wesleyan experience yeah. where you get knocked off your horse do you ride horses probably not but uh, and, and all of a sudden okay so maybe that's how it but uh, let's uh, let's hear your faith story Lynn I can't wait so I think the first thing Paul is I definitely was always drawn to Christ as a child. I always felt very, very connected with him. And ironically, when I was a little kid, I used to think that Jesus was in the back. And you threw him the money that we took for the offering, and he caught it in a little bag. (laughs) So that was kind of a silly thing. But as I got older, um, I was invited to Young Life. And I went uh, several times to different places with Young Life, but... My first retreat that was a significant one was completely different than what they would do with children today because, you know, you had this ginormous amount of kids and they, they had a, an experience where they offered an altar call and then you had to go to outside, somewhere outside, and it was on a, on a camp, in a camp location and you could go anywhere on the campground in the dark. <laughs> they would never let that today. <laughs> But you could go anywhere on the campground and you could just be by yourself. And so what I did that night was I went and I sat by this little babbling brook. And it was in the night and the stars were out again. I'm Joe Nature. I love moon and stars and the sky. And I laid down right next to the water and I had a born-again experience. Mm. And Jesus just came so powerfully over me. I could really feel the Holy Spirit. And... I didn't recognize that you didn't earn your way to heaven until that weekend. Um, That was the beginning. And then I got in the car on the way home and the youth leaders, which is never ever doubt, Stephen, the amount of importance that your job is. Because these youth leaders on the way home, I was talking to them about like, well, how do you get to heaven? Because thinking that you had to earn it. 
And they're like, you don't have to earn it. Jesus did it, Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, right? Mm -hmm. For by grace we've been saved, not that we can boast. And that's how it started. And then I started going to Bible studies, and I did Campus Crusade for Christ. And then um, I, you know, it was just like everywhere I could go, I, w I was just really drawn to the faith. And then when I came here, I got married here in 84, and not that you guys were born then, <laughs> but um, <laughs> pretty close. Hmm. But anyways, um, I came and I started doing a whole lot of activities for the church. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was it. I just, I started falling more and more in love with Jesus. And I could see all these miraculous things that he would do over and over again. And I recognized that in Deuteronomy, it says he never leaves or never forsakes. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I came. Mm -hmm. And it's been a slow evolution mm -hmm. since. All right. Well, that's great. That's, I think it's always, um, I really enjoy, and I always think it's a benefit to hear people's faith story um, because I think it's always, um, my personal thought is that um, we're always looking for miracles and such, but I think the biggest miracles is when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior um, because really only through, as you talked about, only through grace, not earning it, it's through his gift of grace right. um, that we make that decision to follow him, and it's an eternal decision. Um, but I also think stories of faith um, really give encouragement um, to other people. So anyone who's listening, hopefully um, this is a story that can really encourage you in your faith, um, remind you of your faith story. And this, also your faith story is the best way to witness um, I know so often people are afraid to witness at work and such, and, and it's understandable. But really, your faith story has has much more weight and power than you think it does um, with people around you. So I'd always encourage people to share your faith and how much it makes a difference in your life. Stephen, can I just add something? Yeah. So a few minutes ago, we talked about my work. I work at a Catholic hospital. Mm -hmm. So the blessing is, is I'm able to share. Right. And so, you know, I... I work with breathing, so right. we, we worked on breath prayers. Mm -hmm. So that's how I teach patients. So we do it in the lift group, you know, right. inhale peace, exhale chaos. Right. And we, we do the counting. So again, it's just another way of sharing exactly. our faith. Exactly. And that's really, yeah, that's that's really good. Um, and uh, not to go on in the rabbit trail too long, but um, sometimes I'll be honest, as I work in the ministry and everyone who's at my job knows Christ, I believe. Right, Paul? Do you? I think Paul does. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Pretty confident, right. Can't speak forever. Right. Yeah. So, but um, but our, I really see the job as a ministry, as, as me, as even as minister, and Paul's minister, Dan, as to equip people so that they can share Christ in your jobs. And, you know, I to be honest, I kind of, when I was working more in a secular setting, I loved those opportunities of kind of taking the risk and stepping out and talking about your faith with others and you don't really get the opportunity as much in the church because the people I work with kind of already know about Jesus um, but I try to I try to help them out those who don't know that much I try to help them out right so <laughs> <laughs> anyways um, so yeah my this question I have for you is how did you come to serve at Rocky River United Methodist Church how did you come to find um, this church and how did you come to get connected? And I know we've kind of already mentioned your involvement in the church and you can talk a little bit more about that as well, but 
really curious to hear how did you get involved with Rocky River United Methodist Church? So, like I said, when I got married here, what ended up happening is Bernie Doherty, one of the ministers from forever ago, basically cornered me and said, don't you think you want to start teaching Sunday school, Lynn? (laughs) (laughs) And that's how it started. I started with um, doing children's Sunday school, and then I had kids. And so a lot of us, when we have children, you, you walk alongside of your kids. So whatever my kids did is what I did. And then one night, uh, one of our other pastors that was here, her name was Ruth Bloom, who's a very dear friend of mine, she said, you know what, I think you ought to start doing some adult Sunday school. So I started doing that on Sunday mornings. And um, that's kind of how it started. It started. But I, I, I was always the type of person, oh, you need help? Oh, you need help? I'm a helper. I mean, that's one of my goals every day is, okay, what do I have to do today for the kingdom? Right? I get up and say, you know what, Lord, what do you need for me to do today? I'm open. Um, do I do as good of a job as I'd like to every day? Not so much, but you try, right? So that's how it started here. And then um, as it got, as we grew on, um, I went through a divorce. And I thought, and, and somebody asked me, you know what, do you want to start doing like a ladies group? So I thought, oh, okay. And so... Michelle Krampitz asked me to co-lead with her in, uh, I, won't, I won't say that Michelle is no longer here and not letting, helping me at all. I'm doing it all, but that's okay. Um, I love her dearly. I love you, Michelle, if you're listening to me. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Ladies in Faith Together started, and we just started with a few ladies. And I would say the majority of the time, we have about 30-some people on our roster. They come in and out. Oftentimes, it can be up to 38 but the majority of the time we have about 28 women and the blessing is beyond belief because truly it's my gift to be able to be the facilitator because God's the leader. Mm-hmm. I just show up. He just happens to give me what I should do. And, you know, I'm very, very blessed. Yeah, uh, Lynn is, is unique. I, I guess I can share from a pastor's perspective that, um, of course, one of our tasks is to always be growing leaders from within the church and the laity of the church and um lynn is an absolute gift in that regard um i I think initially when we try and recruit what was the phrase bernie doherty because i need to practice that don't you feel like you you need to be teaching sunday school (laughs) yep so uh look out friends i'm coming for you this sunday (laughs) but uh you know initially our goal is uh, to just help people feel comfortable simply um, taking on a leadership role where maybe they're more of a facilitator in a group setting. Uh, yeah. we, we provide all of the discussion questions. They push play on a DVD. They're a wonderful presence and, and uh, hospitable host. Um, and they guide people through the questions and, and delicately help navigate those conversations. Uh, but they, their title, I think, more accurately would be a, a facilitator. It's uh, very rare to, um, to, to grow leaders or to be able to uh, recruit leaders who um, would be more accurately described as, as teachers or ministers. And uh, Lynn, in my mind, fits both of those uh, descriptions. Uh, she doesn't. She knows um, the, the Word of God well enough and um, is confident enough in, in her own faith, mature enough in her own faith to, to teach, not just to uh, throw out to pre um 
uh, pre-thought of questions, but to create her own and to create an experience and a, a, a teaching environment for her um, her students and uh, her uh, ladies from her group. And, and of course, she applies some of those same concepts in other settings as well as she's involved in so many other things. But uh, she's a teacher. She puts so much thought and energy into creating a an experience for the ladies in the lift group um, and en engaging all the senses and challenging them in different ways. And I, I use the word minister as well because uh, Lynn is, is truly, um, my experience has been that she is the, she is the minister to the, the majority of the ladies in this church, at least who have, who have crossed her path or been a part of her group, um, because uh, there's just a level of relatability that is uh, going to be there uh, with Lynn and, and these incredible ladies that is not maybe necessarily there with Reverend Dan or myself, um, because uh, she's, she's shared some of the same experiences, can, can speak from that uh, from the female perspective and, uh, and has a heart for it. So, um, so as I said before, if there's a, somebody new to the church, instead of me, you know, uh, going in depth and, and engaging them, uh, I find it much more valuable to send them to Lynn so she can do the same. And, uh, once folks get into, uh, uh her radar, um, she just pours into them left and right from reaching out, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, when they're going through things through text or emails, you know, sending, uh, devotionals and, and encouraging words, um, I, you like what I did there? Oh, Encouraging yeah. words, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just ministering to their needs. So uh, Lynn, I think, checks all of those boxes and is absolutely a, a gift, an invaluable gift to this church. So um, I wanted to share that from a personal standpoint. But uh, we want to give you a chance to share more of your story, Lynn, and, and uh, specifically now an opportunity to share maybe a, a moment, uh, an experience, a time, part of your story where you specifically felt God at work in your life, uh, either in you, through you, and uh, had an incredible God encounter. So I, I, you probably have a lot of stories to pick uh, from, yes. but uh, if you could offer one up here for us, we'd love to hear it. That's perfect because it was, it's actually related to how I became lay minister. So um, about five years ago, I started recognizing that God was pulling me into doing something else and to become a more active leader, even though I have been at Twice Blessed for a long period of time. And I, I wanted to have a, a, a little bit different of a title so that I was able to be the pastor at Twice Blessed. And so that's why I started thinking, what, what, what can I actually do? So this is how God is so amazing. My sister-in-law at the time was dying from cancer. Her name is Patty. And um, this is about three years ago. And she had had breast cancer first, and then it went into lung cancer, and she got very, very sick. And it went into brain cancer then, so she was becoming confused. So we ended up deciding to go out to visit her and one she's in Colorado so I flew out there and my family some of my family went out there with me and when I got there Patty was sitting in a chair and she was very very ill at the time but we didn't realize how ill I walked in and I leaned down to kiss her on the cheek and she whispered in my ear you know Lenny the reason you're here you have to tell them to let me go And I was like, what? She said, you're here. Jesus brought you here to tell them that it's time for me to be let go to heaven. 
And I was just floored because our family, you know, her daughter and um, her husband didn't want to leave, let her go. And obviously, who, who wants to let someone who you love so dearly? So the long story short of it was over the course of the few days that I was there, she got sicker and we had to take her to the hospital. When we got her to the hospital, the doctor said, you need an IV. And she looked at me and she said, you tell them I am not getting an IV. I need to go to heaven. I'm ready to go home. So this is how it played out. I was able to be there to minister to her husband, to minister to her daughter. And then I went upstairs because they admitted her and she eventually slowly died there because they were able to let her go. But why I bring it up is when we brought her upstairs during the end moments, they, they medicate you and they, you're out of it and they're bringing in music therapy and all kinds of people. Well, before we even went upstairs, there was a, a, a woman that came in because we asked for spiritual counseling and she was a lay minister. <laughs> this is how amazing God is. And I watched her interact with my, my um, great nieces, which are, would be her granddaughters. And she was so calm and relaxing and it was just so beautiful. And then she had everybody come in and say goodbye to Patty before we started giving her her final medication. Well, then I saw the, the same minister the next day and then the next day. And I asked her what her training was, and she was a United Methodist lay minister. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, the hardest point about it is just at the very end, we didn't think my, my I was scheduled to leave it a Tuesday, and Patty had still not died. She was hanging on and hanging on. And finally, we said, listen, Patty, Lenny's going to leave. What are you going to do? Do you want to go before she goes, or do you want to wait? I mean, or, or do you need to wait? And she died that day, that evening. So there was no doubt in my mind that I was brought there for that purpose. And then I came back, and um, I just praised Jesus that I was able to do that for her, to transition her, because really that has been what God has used me for. I've talked to Paul about it before, that he, used me, he uses me to transition people, whether it's through divorce or moving or cancer or something. Not that I called for it or asked for it, <laughs> but that's what he feels that is my, one of my roles. So I came back and um, I started looking up what is a lay minister. And I started taking lay servant classes and the very first class um, the gentleman that was the professor was sitting there and I, I thought it was the most boring class in the world because he was just, he was teaching off the cuff like I do all the time, which is hilarious, right? And then he, he asks a question and it makes you realize what kind of a listener are you? He asks you the question, what was the person that was sitting next to you last night's favorite Bible verse? And then he related, were you listening? And it was so powerful because I've always tried to be a really good listener to people. And so again, it was just another thing. And I realized when I drove home that day that I was in exactly where God had planted me mm -hmm. to be. Um, and it was miraculously placed in my life. So 
Oh. I don't know if that answers it, but oh. <laughs> it's kind of a long answer. Thank yeah. you. No, that certainly answers it for sure. Um, and thank you so much for sharing that story. I, 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 it's really good. Again, as I said before, hearing these faith stories um, is really uh, is encouraging to me. Um, and it's encouraging to hear how God has worked in your life and called you to um, the point where you're at today. And I think each person's call is so unique and so different. Um, it just, again, speaks to the beauty of the God that we worship and how um, God's creativity and his and His ability that he knows us best and how to speak to us best. And um, so when I hear stories like this, it just makes me want to worship God more um, as he um, speaks to each one of us so uniquely. Um, with you being the leader of Lyft, and I know you've probably <laughs> have done this many times before, um, but the next question that we have is, what advice would you give someone who is new to the faith? What, a, what advice would you give someone who is new to coming to Christ? And even what advice would you give to someone who is maybe even exploring Christianity? It's just as simple as this. Right now, the three of us are connecting. And the way we connect is by asking each other's questions and just talking to each other. And that's how we develop relationship. You know, I've, I've known Paul a long time now. We went to the Holy Land. I've been so blessed to be part of, you know, working with your family and your beautiful wife and your kids. And I feel like so blessed the more that I connect. Mm -hmm. And the, the advice I would give anyone is just talk to God. That's all you need to do. And the answers will come. They may not come the way we expect, but the next person that's walking down the road and says something to you, it may be something like that. Just talk to him. That's all. And taking that question a step further, so um, not only are you a, a minister to individuals, you're, you're doing so out of the context of a local church. And uh, as a, a lay minister, uh, that we're blessed to have serving out of this church and, and uh, somebody who's um, been involved in the church long enough to know kind of the, the infrastructure, um, what church is all about, what, uh, what we're trying to accomplish in people's lives and, and uh, kind of be able to, to understand behind the scenes what uh, as a church are we trying to create uh, for people who we're blessed to come in contact with. So my question for you in, in furthering uh, the discussion that Stephen just prompted, not only what advice would you give to somebody who's new to the church or new to the faith, but as somebody then begins to live out their faith and is compelled to come into a church family, a church environment, um, what instructions would you give them? So they're brand new to the church. Uh, they have no idea what they're doing. They're coming in. Uh, they, they just got this... Uh, this tingling in their heart that they decided to follow and they want Jesus to be at the center of their life and now they're trying to figure out what church is all about. What advice would you give them? So God talks to each of us so individually. What I would say is you need to see what their needs are. So if it's an older person, I would tell them to connect musically if they wanted to, listen to some of our amazing music that we have. Um, if it's a younger person, certainly Casting Crowns or some of the other wonderful <laughs> Christian artists oftentimes speak. And then I would connect them with some of the people here because we have amazing people here. And just visit, just sit and talk and live life. And when we live life, 
then what comes to the, the forefront is our faith. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I agree with you. I like what you're saying about live life. I think our faith should be so integrated into our life. So I, I know we just talked about, I talked about earlier about witnessing. Sometimes you don't even need to make the effort to witness because, right, because Christ is so a part of your life. It's just what you happen to speak about, you know. That's kind of was my call in the ministry a little bit was that I realized, for example, if I had a writing prompt in college or in high school, I always chose something about my faith. I just wrote about it all the time. Um, But it took a little bit later on to life when I realized when I look back at my life, I'm like, wow, everything I do has been involved in my faith, yes. and it's been so important to me how I just make it my profession. So, uh, But, yeah, I really love that, love living life. All right, last question we have um, before the rapid fire <laughs> is, uh, what is your favorite Bible verse or passage and why? There's so many, right? Right. How do you pick one? <laughs> right. So I was thinking a little bit about it, and I thought, well, I'm going to choose Jesus wept. And I'm going to choose that number one because it's the easiest one. It's the shortest one. (laughs) And I chose it because of his compassion Mm -hmm. and his empathy and his connection because he just adored Lazarus. And he felt such compassion for Mm. the loss and then empathy toward Mary and Martha, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm so into connecting with who he was as a human. Of course, you know that I'm going to put the plug in for the Chosen Bible series because I love it so much, <laughs> yeah. right? We all right. love it so much, right. especially if you haven't watched it. Yeah. All of you listening, please take a, a watch of it because it's amazing. Yeah. But it makes you see Jesus for exactly mm. who he is. And Jesus wept like we do. Right. When we were weeping during Corona, right. he was weeping right next to us. Right. And just connect with exactly who he is. So right. it's kind of a, a double... Double whammy there. Right, right. That's uh, a. <clears throat> I like that. I, yeah, I think those two words, Jesus wept, contains so much. As a matter of fact, I when I talk to you, I love this passage about Lazarus that I use a lot with the youth. Um, but also the people say, I think it's right after that verse, they say, uh, look how he loved him. Yeah. Um, that it wasn't sort of, it wasn't like a little tear. I tell the kids, like, he was really full out crying yeah. for people to say, wow, look how he loved him. Um, and trying to get that across to the youth that, that Christ really has this deep emotional connection to us and weeps when we weep, you know. So right. I love that. I love that. It's really great. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Favorite part, rapid fire questions. So um, Lynn has no idea what's coming for her. <laughs> this could be bad. <laughs> um, but they're all super simple questions. Matter of fact, if you listen to some of the other interviews, um, you'll recognize these questions. So um, if you had a vacation spot, um, could you go vacation anywhere? Would it be a beach or the mountains? Mountains. Mountains. Good. I, I love mountains, too. Beach. To be honest, n- no offense to the beach lovers, but beach can be somewhat boring. Um, I love the beach, but there's the beauty right. of the mountains. But the mountains has just so much richness to it. All right. Uh, pop or soda? Neither. Water. Water. Good. <laughs> I like it. The healthy choice. The middle way. Good. Um, favorite dessert? It's got to be chocolate something. <laughs> Choc- mm-hmm. Chocolate anything. Or pie. I love pie. All right. Do you like chocolate pie? Is yeah, I make really good French silk pie. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, 
Do you like French soap pie? I didn't know I did until she just <laughs> said it, and now I'm really intrigued. Right. Well, yeah. he likes my apple pie, very so uh-oh. I very much do, yes. Yeah. We'll do an well, apple chocolate, <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> Best of both worlds. Um, <clears throat> okay, final one. What would you do with unlimited free time? What would I do with unlimited free time? Yep. Wow. I would go in nature. <laughs> I would go on a walk right. is what I would do. And I would right. go somewhere that I haven't been to, one right. of the parks. Yeah. That's what I would do. And my gift would be able to just connect with the Lord. Right. Especially if, um, if I could go with a, a really dear friend. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's really good. Well, um, I hope everyone has enjoyed um, this interview or this really this talk um, with Lynn and um, and all the wisdom that she has shared, these wonderful stories, and just um, sharing about her involvement in the church and what God has done in her life. And um, I know I've been encouraged. I know Paul's been encouraged. And we are hoping that um, you listeners have also been encouraged by her story um, because it's all about the story. That's um, what the church is about. It's about the story and how Jesus Christ how his story interacts with our story, how it intersects together, and how Jesus' story transforms ours. Um, so that's the motivation for doing these interviews, and we hope that um, interviews like these can really um, encourage your faith. Um, again, we want to remind everyone that we are back in person, which I think it's been quite a while now. Um, but we're, we have a 8.30, 10.30, um, and 11.30. 10 o'clock, 11.30. <laughs> Please don't come at 10.30 because you'll be late. And if you come at 10.30, just, just go 11.31. Um, but, yeah, so thank you all for listening, and um, we're looking forward to um, doing our next podcast.